Hey everyone, welcome back to a new video. Before I begin on the stories, I just wanted to mention, if you have your own personal scary story that you would like to send me for me to possibly narrate here on the channel, you can do so by sending it to southerncannibal.com. So if you have a personal true scary story that you'd like to share, please consider sending it my way. Now that all that's out of the way, let's begin. I'm from London and the story took place back in August of last year. I'm 14 now, but I was 13 years old at the time. And during the summer holidays, I would always have a sleepover with my best friend because her birthday was during that month. I had been sleeping at her house for a couple of days now. The day was her birthday and I was gonna be going back home the next day. And so we decided to go out at 10 p.m. just when the sun had started to set. We went to go get some dinner at a fish and chip shop. As we were walking there, on our way we were listening to some music on my phone. As I was waiting for her, I had looked around our surroundings. We were on a road opposite a park, only a few minutes away from the shop. I could see it from afar, but when I had then turned around to face the park, I had spotted a man who looked like he was in his mid-40s. He was sitting in a white van parked beside a children's park and just staring at me and my friend. When he realized I was staring at him, he waved at me and he gave me this sickening grin. So I pointed him out to my friend, and at first, we didn't really think too much of it. We just thought it was weird. Only a second later, he repeated the action, so we ignored him and we just decided to carry on and get to the shop. Once we had gotten our food, we were joking about the man, calling him a weirdo, and laughing about the whole situation. Then as we're about to walk past the park, on our way back again, we started joking to each other, saying, what if he's still there waiting for us? Once we got into the park, our laugh soon died down, as we then realized we were correct. That same man was just sitting still, parked right there in the children's park. Once he had noticed us, he kind of just glared at us with the same creepy sinister grin as before. We ignored him and we just started walking back to her house. I turned around just to check if he was still staring at us, but he had already turned the engine of his van on and it slowly started driving behind me and my friend. I alerted her of the situation almost immediately and she started shaking because she already kind of feared something like this would happen. I looked at my phone to see if I could call anyone but it was only at 2%. So we then tried to act as if we didn't even notice him following us and just carried on walking back. But then right then, he sped up so that now he was driving right beside us. He had started trying to speak to us, saying things like, Oh, what are you guys carrying? Where are y'all going? And saying things like that. My friend then whispered in my ear that she was going to run to the end of the road as his car wouldn't be able to go around the corner, and she said that I should go with her. I told her that I wasn't going to run with her, and that I was going to carry on walking. I honestly had no idea what was going on in my head at that moment. I guess if it was fight or flight, she chose flight, and I chose fight. I was trying to remain calm and think more rationally instead of panicking, so she ran and waited for me at the end of the road. Now that she had ran... The man had turned his full attention towards me, and he said that he wasn't going to hurt me, and if I could just stop for a minute so he could get out of his car and speak to me. 
but obviously I wasn't falling for that. He then kept asking me questions like where did I live, how old I am, where I'm headed to, etc. I just ignored him and kept walking, not daring to look at him, and I just pretended he wasn't there. He had started to get annoyed as I wasn't answering him, so he sped up his van and he tried to block the road so I couldn't move past him. I was petrified. He then took off his seatbelt and went to exit his van. So as quickly as I could, I sped as fast as I could right around his vehicle and over to my friend. We then both ran and hid behind the corner. Now, for whatever reason, he had parked his van in the middle of the road, I guess waiting to see where we were. He went to get out of his van, but he must have figured we were gone by that time, and he drove off after that. Once we watched him drive off, we bolted back to her house and told her mom everything that happened. She saw the panic in our eyes, so she knew we weren't lying. She asked us if we had gotten a picture of the license plate, but we hadn't. So the mom said she would go back there with us so that we could take a picture to give to the police. As we were walking back, I couldn't believe my eyes. This man in his creepy ass van actually returned to the children's park and he was just watching all the kids. It was so sickening. Once we had gotten a picture of the license plate, he got out of his car and started to follow us again, but now on foot. But when my friend's mom saw this, she then rushed over to us and ushered us away. When he saw we were with an adult, he slowly got back in his car and acted like nothing ever happened. We called the police, but by the time they arrived, he was long gone at that point. I honestly wish I could say that it ended there, but it didn't. Well, a few days ago, I was scrolling through the news just to see if I could find out anything involving this man. And I did. A little boy was followed home by the exact same man. He was driving the same exact car, same description, everything. And it all happened in the same exact place, right near that children's park. It makes me feel absolutely disgusting knowing that he's out there trying to still kidnap kids. It's been about six months since all this happened, and he hasn't been caught. We really do live in a messed up world. I hate it. This happened in Grand Prairie, Alberta when I was around 14 to 15 years old. My mom let me have a sleepover with a friend. We'll call her Rose for privacy reasons. We had spent the whole day sharing gossip and watching really cheesy romance movies, as well as comedies. Sometime during the evening, we had asked her mom if we could go for a walk over to Rose's friend's house. We'll call her Miranda. She said no at first, saying it was too late, but we negotiated. And she said if we do a load of dishes, that we can go. We finished up quickly and then took off. Miranda's house was around eight blocks away, so we took shortcuts through the alleys. Rose and I stopped by a gas station to get some snacks. We also got some bottled pop and gum. It was our turn in the line, and we put the pop and our gum on the counter. We walked out of the gas station, and we continued on our way to Miranda's house. Again, we took some shortcuts through alleys and backyards. We made it to Miranda's house, and we had a really fun time watching movies and sharing some snacks. Rose had asked Miranda's mom if we could stay for the night and then walk back tomorrow, and Rose had to call her mom to tell her she was staying over. Well, she had forgotten her phone, and she wanted to use mine. 
I went to grab my purse and get my phone out. When I noticed it wasn't there, I told Rose that I must have left it in the basket that we used to carry the snacks. So we set off to go back to the gas station, and Miranda joined us this time. We arrived at the gas station, and I had asked the lady at the counter if she had found a purse, and she walked into the back and came back with my purse. I thanked her and gave her a tip for the help, and we started walking back to Miranda's house. That's when Rose then noticed that there was a gray truck right behind us, driving slowly up the street. We turned onto another street, and the truck turned too. It then pulled over, and two men got out. I don't really remember much more, but I do remember that we had started panicking as they got closer. Rose said to run, and we bolted across the street, and we ran through a lot of backyards and back roads. We hid in someone's backyard, and we saw two men climbing over the fence. But luckily the two men then left the backyard about 30 seconds later. We went in the opposite direction and put up our hoods so we wouldn't be recognized again. And we finally made it back to Miranda's house safely. We didn't plan on telling anyone, but Miranda's mom noticed our disturbed expressions in silence, and we later on reported the incident. But unfortunately, the men were never found. We don't really talk about it anymore. We're just really glad we escaped. I'm honestly not sure what they would have done to us if they had caught us. But I don't want to know. This happened in the mid-1980s, and I was 14 years old at the time. My friend was having a birthday party slash sleepover. All five of us girls had to do chores before we were allowed to start the sleepover. So we went to each other's houses and we helped each other out so we could get it all done a lot faster. Well, when we were walking to the sleepover, my friend had told us all about the Ouija board. She had to explain it to us because we were all naive, but we were all very excited to play with it. We get to the sleepover and we all took turns asking the board questions. Then all of a sudden, I had felt a burning on my back. I started crying and everyone got really concerned and asking what's wrong. I told them my back was burning and when they lifted up my shirt, I had a long bloody scratch going down my back. We were all freaked out and I said I didn't want to play anymore and after they saw what happened to me, neither did they. My friend threw away the Ouija board almost immediately and we never touched it again after that. What did we all learn you might ask? Don't mess around with things you don't understand. I sure won't. To start off, I'd like to say that I'm a female, and I'm 30 years old. This happened to me when I was 14, and I'll never forget it. It was summertime, and I was visiting my cousin in Orlando, Florida. I was to stay with her the entire summer break, and occasionally go see my dad, who wasn't too far away. During the stay at her place, I'd met a lot of her friends, who were about four to five years older than me. One of her friends, who we'll call Denise, was really cool, and she had a few younger sisters and younger brothers who really liked to hang out with me. So one day my cousin says that we were invited by Denise for a sleepover, and I couldn't have been more excited because my aunt's house was always so hot, and to be honest, kind of a little boring. We packed a little bag and headed over to Denise's house. Before I go on, 
My parents had no clue where I was. I didn't even know where I was. I wasn't really familiar with the area, and I didn't pay any attention to the surroundings on the drive over. To continue, we arrive at Denise's house, and again, she had sisters and a brother, who I actually found out were her half-siblings, and they lived with their mom and dad, which was Denise's stepdad. The first night there, they took us to the movies, the mall, and then when we got home, they ordered us some food for us to eat. Denise's parents were extremely friendly, so I began to trust them almost immediately. I know, stupid kid. Anyway, that night was a real blast, and we had stayed up really late, laughing all night long. The next morning, we all woke up, and we then had some cereal, and went about our day. Again, having lots of fun, playing in the pool in the backyard, and staying up late. I had started to worry about not packing enough clothes, as I thought we would just be there for the weekend. But my cousin then told me we'd be going home the next day. When the next day came, I was all packed up and ready to go. But I was told we would be getting picked up later in the day. Which was fine, as I was having a lot of fun being there. Denise's stepdad went to the store and came back with a lot of oysters and a lot of beer. Then only a few moments later, a few of his friends came by. All older men like himself. Probably around the age of 40 and up. I immediately began to feel uncomfortable, but I just stayed away from them. I would occasionally walk past them, and they would all be staring at me. I was a bit on the chubby side, so I kind of had a little bit of meat on my body, and I guess they liked that. They were all standing around eating and drinking, sweating bullets. My cousin warned me to stay away from them, as they were all drunk and could potentially harm me in some way, if you know what I mean. So I did just that, again, making as little interaction as possible. I found myself outside looking for my cousin at some point, and I didn't know where she ran off to. So I went inside the house, and as I'm walking down a really long hallway, towards the kid's bedroom, Denise's stepdad came out of his bedroom. I knew he was a little drunk, so I was kind of nervous. I gave a really nervous smile, and I attempted to walk past him. He kind of just stood there, blocking my way to the bedroom. I laughed nervously and tried to squirm past him, but he then grabbed both of my wrists with his hands, squeezing extremely tightly to the point where I was frozen with fear, and I started to cry. He held my wrist there for what seemed like an eternity, and the pain got worse, and I could only think one thing. The sky was going to do something to me. Finally, I heard a voice calling out for me, and I then realized it was my cousin. I was still in such shock that I couldn't respond. But when he realized she was looking for me, he immediately let me go. I then ran out to my cousin in tears, and I asked when we were leaving, but she said her mom was on the way. When she asked me why I was crying, I just told her I wanted to go home. She didn't realize how red my wrists were at the time, but I could clearly see that it was super visible. When my aunt arrived to pick us up, I walked out of the house looking for Denise's stepdad so I wouldn't get too close to him. I caught him staring at me, not even looking away when my eyes met his. It was almost like he was still thinking of what he was going to do with me. I was sick to my stomach all over again. 
Thankfully, I had made it out of this situation without becoming a victim of some sort. I don't remember where Denise's mom was. I believe she was working that day. I don't know what her stepdad's intentions were, but I have a pretty good idea of what he may have been thinking. It took me years to share this story. The shock from what happened will always remain part of me. I wanted to share this because maybe all the young listeners out there will learn something from this. Or maybe parents who have young kids will start being more careful of whose house they spend the night at. It may not be the worst story, but it was an absolutely horrifying experience. I really consider myself lucky. Hey everyone, apologies for the interruption on the stories, but I want to thank today's sponsor, StoryWorth. Since Father's Day is almost here, it's the perfect time to talk about StoryWorth. Have you ever thought you knew your father or maybe another relative, but then heard a story you never heard before that really shocked you? It really makes you wonder just how many other stories are out there that you don't know, and that's why I got my own father, StoryWorth. StoryWorth is an online service that helps you and your dad or father figure connect together through sharing stories and memories. Every week, StoryWorth emails your dad a thought-provoking question of your choice from a vast pool of possible options. Each unique prompt asks questions you've never thought of, like, what's your fondest childhood memory? Or have you ever feared for your life? I think my personal favorites are the one about his childhood and learning so many new things I never even knew about. I've really enjoyed reading my dad's answers to those questions. I've discovered stories and memories that I've never heard about and learned a lot of new things that I really thought I knew. And last but not least, but my favorite thing about StoryWorth is how it compiles all those questions and stories, including photos, into a beautiful keepsake book that the whole family can share for generations. Give all the fathers in your life a meaningful gift you can both cherish for years to come. StoryWorth. Right now for a limited time, you can save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com slash cannibal. That's S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H dot com slash cannibal to save $10 on your first purchase. Storyworth.com slash cannibal. The story I'm about to tell you happened when I was 15. I very clearly remember when the first incident happened. I was laying down in my room and I remember a random number had started calling me. I answered, even though I probably know I shouldn't have. And it was a man with a really deep voice. He knew my name and he often said the same things over and over. I thought it was just someone messing around with me, like one of my exes or something, but the call got weirder. He just kept asking me where my at the time boyfriend was and was trying to convince me then if I didn't do what he said, he would take me away for a while. I got really scared, and I hung up, and I then told my mom once he had started sending me really threatening texts. I told him I called the cops, even though I didn't, and there's one message he sent to me that I'll always remember, and it said, Oh yeah? Well, I guess we'll see who gets to you first. After I blocked the number, nothing had happened for a while after that, and I just thought it was a prank. Then about six months later, I had got another call from a random number. It was the same voice and the same person asking me the same weird things, but this time he got even angrier when I refused. 
he started sending me pictures of me from different numbers that were clearly pulled from my Instagram. I'm not going to lie, it did scare me a bit, but I didn't want whoever this person was to get to me. It was late at night, and I heard someone racing by my house beeping their horn for a good 15 seconds straight. This is what really scared me. I called the cops, who also happened to be my cousins, and I then told my mom that I was getting harassed by this random number. Sadly to say, the cops didn't really do anything, but just tell me to block the number. Well, fast forward to last summer. Me and my ex-best friend were having a sleepover at my house. At no caller ID, it started calling me. This time, however, she answered it instead of me, and it created a huge situation. I began to get chills because the next sentence they said gave me deja vu. We'll see who gets to you first. Whenever the cops were mentioned, they were getting really angry with us and kept saying how they only wanted me. During this time, though, they had called on a no-caller ID, so we couldn't block the number when they spam-called us every time we hung up. At some point in these calls, he was trying to convince me to send nudes to him or something really ugly would happen to my friend and I. At some point, my ex-best friend actually said she thought she knew who it was. To this day, I still don't know who that strange man was and how the hell he knew what he did. When we called the cops though, they once again did absolutely nothing, even though this person knew where I lived. They actually broke my phone, because the no-caller ID spammed my phone so much to the point where it actually turned blue and it started glitching. Ever since that experience, I don't ever answer unknown calls anymore. I think I can recall getting a couple this year, but to whoever that person was and whatever they wanted from me. I just really want you to know you're fucking disgusting. Don't call me anymore. Please. I would like to remain anonymous. I would describe myself as a loner all throughout high school. I would often play video games and not really socialize much and just keep to myself. One day, my friend who called Robert for privacy reasons told me he was having a sleepover at his house, and I agreed to join him. When Friday came, my parents drove me to his house. We had headed straight to his basement and we played some video games until around midnight, when his mom then told us it was time for bed. I woke up at exactly 2.17am to hear a thud right above us as if someone were stomping. I tried to wake up Robert and ask him about the footsteps, but he just told me to fuck off, and he went back to bed. I tried going back to sleep, but I heard that same thud 30 minutes later, followed by heavy footsteps. I then heard the basement door slowly creak open. I decided to hide in the closet, right behind some coat hangers. After a while of waiting, I dozed off. I would say I woke up right around an hour later to then hear the sound of really heavy breathing. I looked up and what I saw next gave me chills. Through slits in the closet door, I saw a pair of red eyes peering in right at me. My stomach felt like it was about to explode right out of my chest. I covered my mouth with both hands to stop myself from screaming. I crawled further back into the closet and hid in the darkness and just stayed there until morning. When morning came, I questioned myself about what I saw last night, whether I was in a trance or if it was something paranormal that I witnessed. 
it always gives me the creeps just thinking about it. After that night, I'd stopped going to Robert's house altogether, and I never told anyone. When I was in elementary school, I had a friend who we'll call Lily. Lily and I would always have playdates because, well, we only lived a few blocks away from each other. On the specific night in question, we were having a sleepover at my house, which I was really excited for. My friend Lily was super into paranormal things and at a very young age, and I would kind of just go along with it since I too thought it was kind of fun. Well, when Lily came over, we decided to go in my basement to play some board games and cards. When she then took out a camera that she had in her bag, she had then started telling me about her imaginary friend named Lucy. I obviously didn't believe her because at the time I just didn't really believe in ghosts, but I just told her that I believed her anyways. So Lily then asked me if I wanted to take a picture with her imaginary friend Lucy. So I agreed. While Lily was setting up the camera, I sat down on the couch that was in the basement. I remember this photo she took very vividly because it really shocked me after she took it. When she then told me that Lucy was sitting right next to me, I then said back, Okay, let's take the picture. She took the picture and I then ran over to her to see what it looked like. While I was smiling and pretending to put my arm around this imaginary figure, Lucy, I remember seeing orbs all right next to me. I didn't know what orbs were at the time, but when Lily and I went to go show my mom the picture, her stomach dropped to the floor. I saw her expression, and it frightened me a little bit. Then my mom told me that she saw the orbs. My friend Lily knew what orbs were, but I was completely clueless when it came to that, and my mom ended up telling me exactly what they were. It really freaked me out after that picture was taken. It had scared me so bad that I wasn't able to get much sleep that night. Being a young child, it was a pretty scary experience. <laughs>